Welcome to Safe Brave Stories, a podcast to encourage each of us to unlock and release our potential, enabling safe, brave spaces. My name is Greg Smith. And I'm Ola Adebayo, and we are your hosts for today's dialogue. And we had a pre-conversation, and uh, I just want to make a comment. This is mostly audio, but we do have some clips available. But I want people to know, our audience to know that Ola's looking sharp, man. Simon and I are looking pretty yeah. good. But Ola's looking sharp today, so. Yeah, and, and like I said earlier, when I have to dress to impress, Simon. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. So I'm going to just provide a little bit of overview of what this uh, podcast is about. And uh, in each episode, we meet individuals on the Safe Brave journey and hear their Safe Brave stories. And we learn from each other's experiences. And our hope is to kind of get ideas and share insights. And how this all started was I wrote a book called In Search of Safe, Brave Spaces, A Guide to Unlocking and Releasing Potential. And in that discovery, the book is really my journey from a pretty tough space of rediscovery. Uh, but in that journey, what I really discovered that the moments that I made the most impact, that I felt the most connected and in flow were, were times when I felt both safe and brave. And, and for me, safe is when I was in a space that really was a space of comfort and understanding and I almost felt held enough to remember who I was and to release my potential and to just remember the gifts that I had to bring. And then brave is almost the nudging. It's the kind of encouraging me to step out and move forward. And when I was in a space of that safe, brave space, magical things happened for me personally. And then Ola and I talked about it and Ola shared a couple of stories where he felt that same thing. And we might not use the word safe and brave, but it was really this whole, that balance of safe and brave and those concepts together that we really discovered. And then we started to talk about other to other people. And in the book, I talked to, uh, to other people and I realized many people had these stories and they were uniquely different and yet aligned to this idea and we thought, how great would it be just to talk to those folks and learn from their journeys and share those as a part of this process? So this is what this podcast is about. And we have today uh, a great guest, Simon Parker, who, who is, is, uh, is uh, uh, I don't know, we're just talking about how do we get to know each other. I'll give you the bio and then we'll talk the, the details of it. But Simon is a recognized as a global leader in recruitment and talent acquisition and has successfully transformed the recruitment and talent functions of many organizations. But 11 years ago, 11 years, 2011, I think you, you founded the talent company. Yep. And I had heard all about you way before this. But, but through really strong, reliable, passionate people. And they said, you got to meet this Simon. You got to see what he's creating in this space. And, and you have created this company, the talent company, which is a leader in, in Toronto, but also connected around the world uh, in the area of recruitment, leadership development, HR on demand, compensation and reward solutions, career transition and outplacement, a full selection really intended to support people through their journeys. And, uh, you know, you've been recognized for a whole bunch of stuff. You're a keynote speaker. You wrote a book, The, the Hiring Right, which is a bestseller, which is, I'm sure, your wisdom. I, have, I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to get it. Um, uh, but just really sharing your wisdom of what you've, 
what you've picked up over the years and what you're incorporating and what you're doing. And we're just so excited. More importantly, you're, you're one of my partners, a, a good friend of hers, and that's how we got to know each other. And boy, she's a trusted heart. And she said, talk to Simon. So we're really excited to have you on Safe Brave Stories, Simon. Oh, I'm very excited to be here. And uh, yeah, Kim, uh, Kim and I uh, did our post degrees in HR together. So we go way back. Wow, that is so, I, that's cool. Such a small world. And even in the pre-conversations, uh, we were talking about, oh yeah, I know this person. I know this person. We're connected through this person. We're connected through this spirit. And you know, good people doing good things are always connected. It's like the tree, you know, the roots underneath are all connected uh, on those strong trees that are doing great things. So we're so excited. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Ola to get us started in the conversation. Thanks, Greg. And thanks once again, Simon, for coming on our podcast. Uh, it's great to have you. And um, like uh, Greg mentioned, uh, I've always uh, known from experiences that there's always this uh, energy that draws people of similar, uh, what will I call it? Should I say destinies or they have the same, the beats, their hearts beat the same. There's something that draws people together that way. And so um, whenever Greg mentions any of his friends coming on this show, I don't have doubts that they are the kind of people that create safe spaces for people to be brave. In short, that's that's what Greg helped me to do. I, I also met Greg at a time when a pretty dark place, a lot of challenges, and um, Greg helped me to, you know, traverse that journey into bringing out safe in my head, in my mind, and bringing it to reality and then all of a sudden, my, my, my braveness started to come out. I can't imagine how brave I've been in the last couple of years I've met, I've met Greg. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's great. Yeah. Anyway, what we would like to do, first of all, is to get a background, especially for all our listeners, about uh, what your company is all about. What makes uh, the talent company different from others? Yeah. So, you know, the talent company, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. We're, we're an HR consulting services organization. And um, as Greg mentioned, you know, we, we play kind of in that ta talent cycle. Um, and it's funny, I was telling one of my colleagues today at lunch um, who recently joined our team, you know, and he was asking how, how did this all start? And, you know, it was myself and the former CHRO um, who, is one of my examples of a, being a great leader. And, you know, we thought, hey, it'd be great to actually, as we're leaving corporate, put together an organization based on our experiences in the corporate end and what we, what we were really wanting from, you know, a, a third party, a vendor, a partner, um, and, you know, everything we were looking for. And, you know, it's funny because um, Steve Gould was his name and um, Steve helped we found the talent company, you know, 11, 12 years ago. He was a former head of HR at American Express, CHRO at Pure Later Courier, and was really my mentor. And, you know, we were sitting in a bar out by the airport one day talking about what, what should we do? And, you know, Steve's a brilliant individual, you know, master's degree from London School of Economics. And, you know, it's like, we got to come up with a cool name. And, you know, Steve's throwing out all these Greek God names. And all I could think about is how are people going to find that on Google? Like, I can't even spell it. So, 
you know, I'm like, Steve, what about the talent company? Oh, that's, that's, that's simple. It's brilliant. Um, and we kind of went from there. Um, and it, you know, it's just fascinating. I mean, I've been so fortunate over the years, uh, just people I've been working with and involved with. And, you know, Steve, after three months said, listen, I don't have a skill set. My skill set is a great leader. I miss corporate. And he ended up going back to corporate and other people have come in. And, you know, we, we kind of, we joked early on, we were kind of the homeless shelter for HR executives who, you know, were trying to figure out where they fit in. Um, and what I found was probably about 70%, you know, wanted to dip their toe into consulting, but quickly realized they wanted to go back to corporate. Um, so it allowed us to give kind of a home to, uh, to great talented experts and like-minded um, individuals and allowed us to grow our business. I mean, it's, it's crazy. We have over a hundred people working for us now. So um, I don't know if, if we're, if I consider us a safe, brave place because it's always busy here. <laughs> so, um, yeah. but you know, it's been great. And, you know, even talking to the uh, Dan, our new colleague, you know, he was asking what's the common denominator for, for everybody at the talent company. Um, and I said, it's our hearts. Um, you know, it's all about looking out for everybody else. We're not salespeople. Um, we sell, we're, we're obviously a for-profit organization, but um, it's all about what can we do to help and, you know, elevate our clients and help them along the talent journey. Um, and it's all about leading with a gift. And that's what I'm probably most proud of. You know, you, you can go to sleep at night, you know, being pretty happy with you, you've done it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, amazing, amazing history about a company. I, I, I know that there's a lot of, uh, you lay a lot of emphasis on things like leadership. I particularly saw a video of, um, an idea that I love so much, you know, talent most times from my experience, uh, not all the time refined, but I saw the power coaching, a lot of emphasis on coaching in your organization, a lot of emphasis on leadership, because probably you know that. And, and I see it as uh, a way in which organizations and leaders try to help um, uh, talent to fully you know, leave their potentials. Why the emphasis on coaching and leadership? It, you know, quite honestly, that's that's what's going to differentiate the great organizations from the good and the poor ones. Um, it's their leaders. And if anything, through these COVID times, it's really put more of an emphasis on leadership. Like it's, it's crazy to think, you know, over the last two years, how big our coaching and our leadership practices have expanded because the organizations, our clients have recognized, you know what, this is tough times for everybody. We need, we need to develop our leaders to do more to help engage, help support, help do everything they can to drive more success from their teams. Um, and, you know, it, 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 it's just funny how, it, you know, you go through these periods, these cycles where, you know, COVID hits and you're not sure, you know, I still remember, you know, middle of March, 2020 going, oh my gosh, what's going to happen with our business? Right. Um, and, you know, it probably every, all of our business seemed to be put on hold pretty quickly. 
And then within three, four weeks, companies started going, okay, we need to refocus. You know, we need to, we're going to be supporting our employees remotely. Um, in most cases, it's going to put a greater emphasis on leadership. So, you know, that's been um, one of our big drivers. And, and, you know, what I'm a big believer in, um, one size doesn't fit all. You know, mm. every organization is unique with what they need. So you can't necessarily have one off the shelf item that's gonna solve every organization's problems. And, you know, I love the fact we partner with so many great leadership experts and, you know, it's really working with our clients to say, what's gonna result in your success? Um, and it's, it's, it's a joint decision. Um, it's not, hey, here's the only thing the talent company can do for you. It's, hey, here are the number of options. How can we cater and customize this to make sure you're successful? Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, let me ask you this question as we go deeper into, you know, uh, the concept of safe, brave spaces, you know, when Greg shared with me, one of, uh, a not-for-profit that you support, that's a yellow brick house. And I was just digging through and I saw, I saw that the idea, it, it was all about an idea of a safe place for women and children. I'm like, okay, now I get why Simon is on our show, right? Because of all the, you know, everything you could support, I'm just wondering why yellow bricks? It, you know what? It's, it's, it's funny. People ask me that all the time. And I don't, my connection to Yellow Brick House is really them as an organization. I, I you know, I don't know people who have actually utilized those services um, openly. But um, for me, the messaging and the support just, resonated with me and just the people inside the organization and what they do it's 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 amazing it's that great feeling of giving back and doing what little we can do to support um and it's funny we've been we've been partnering with them for six seven years now and um uh, they have a big gala event which has now moved virtually through covid and you know, the, the director called me a couple months ago and said, oh, our, our title sponsor for the event, um, unfortunately, their business has been hit pretty hard. And if they, they can no longer, you know, be the title sponsor. And I'm like, hey, I'd love, I'd love for us to do that. That's a great opportunity to do it. And, you know, there's just something about um, the feeling you get doing that. And I look at, you know, we do a lot of work with Variety Village. Again, it's that safe brave space for kids with disabilities it it you know so much of what we do we do a lot with um uh hockey helps the homeless and 360 kids so you know it's one of the great things in building our organization and also encouraging everybody on our team to work with not-for-profits and hey let's it's not only your time let's invest let's you know sponsor things so you know it's not just simon saying hey let's do this with yellow brick house i love the fact that our team comes and says hey i've just volunteered for this board you know here's how you can help and you know i think of joanna kelly who leads our recruitment team and you know she's on the board for girls inc and it's just a great organization and it's it's okay joe what can we do to support girls inc um and you know you have to be successful to be able to contribute back. And, you know, again, that 
it makes me sleep well at night knowing that, you know, we're not that slick organization who's just out about, you know, making tons of money and pocketing ourselves. It's what can we do to support the communities that we live and work in? Um, to me, that's the best thing. Yeah. So I don't know if you have stories you can share with us about uh, personal experiences of um, where in your life's journey have you experienced uh, safe, brave space? Like who are there people that you can relate to who helped you and enabled you to be able to live your fullest, you know, in terms of uh, being brave, uh, taking you through safe space so you can become brave. We've had, we've had a guest on the shows on the show talked about coaches, talked about the, the kitchen table experiences, uh, talk about managers and all of that. And those stories is interesting. I particularly remember one where someone talked about a not-for-profit again, that there was a guy in one of the camps who was a, uh, Greg, how did they call it? Like the shit, the shit. Yeah, um... yeah. He said, he said that it was, it was, and this is a CEO of a great organization. Well, yeah. That, that is a, a beautiful organization. But he said is in this camp, this person, this leader, he said he, his major job was to hold up the shit umbrella. Right. The shit that umbrella. Would, that would stop the, all the stuff hitting all the people so that they could, they could get really create the space for them to do beautiful things and right. to be that boundary. And it, it came out of the blue because I, I think this was a, it might've been a faith-based uh, 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 camp that he was talking about that he says in the middle of this, there was the shit umbrella. And uh, we just laugh. But, I, yeah. I love that term because that, yeah. that's actually perfect. And, you know, when I, when I, when I think back to that and I think back to even my career and, you know, it was joining American Express and, you know, I started my career at Accenture Um and a great organization, tons of opportunity. The first two years of my uh, my career there, I was in employee relations. I was the guy who fired everybody. I was the guy who closed down offices. Um, you know, I just remember thinking, my gosh, nobody wants to see me. Like I would show up in one of our offices in Calgary or Edmonton and like everybody's like, oh no, Simon's here. And it's like, I don't think that's a good reputation to have where everybody's diving not to be seen by you, you know, I've, you're kind of the grim reaper of, of Accenture. Um, so, it, it, you know, I always looked at the recruitment side and it was very positive. Everybody wanted um, to be talking with them and networking with them. So it was, it was a very comfortable space for me to move into. And interesting enough, I've never been a recruiter. I'm, I'm an introvert. Um, I'm not a recruiter. I'm not a hunter. I'm not somebody who's going to pick up the phone and you know, dial and, and go crazy trying to call people. But I love the science and the methodology and the leadership around um, talent acquisition and recruitment. And that's really what um, enabled my success. And, you know, moving then to American Express where they didn't have any talent acquisition globally. So it was really right place, right time. Um, and, you know, I think I mentioned Stephen Gould um, as that leader, that mentor, and he was the head of HR and he, his, he had that shit umbrella. He had, he buffered his team. He said, I am here to remove all the barriers, buffer you from all the crap and just allow you to succeed. And he never took any praise himself. He, got, he, 
he felt good when he saw everybody else praising his team. And, you know, when I talk about when we started the talent company together, Steve realized, you know, he spent years just being that head of HR, that leader. He didn't have a specific skill set in labor relations or, you know, coaching or he was just a leader. And, it, you know, it was really an interesting journey for him to go through to realize that that's his forte. He needed to be that head of HR, that COO who's driving an organization. So for me, Steve right away challenged me. You know, I think he realized, hey, this I, I'm an introvert. I'm a shy guy. He looked at me and said, Simon, time to get out of your comfort zone. Um, and he was that person who always pushed me. Um, and that person you can just appreciate. And, you know, Steve and I had a very special bond. And, you know, even when I decided to leave corporate and he was and start my own organization, and at the time he was the head uh, pure later, he said, Simon, whatever you need, I'll put you your new organ company on retainer. Um, and, you know, kind of give you that, hmm. you know, you don't, you no longer have that feeling of, oh my gosh, I got to do anything I can to make a dollar. It's, hey, we have this to help us start off with and we can do great work with Purelator to show the market what we can do. Um, Steve, unfortunately, passed away a few years ago. And I remember the memorial service um, in Mississauga and Steve had grown up through Pepsi and as I mentioned, American Express, Purelator. And all these people were speaking at his funeral memorial and they were telling the same stories that I'm telling. And it was really funny because I actually felt jealous. I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one he did this to. But it was amazing. He had such a strong network of people who he just enabled their success and never asked for anything in return. And, and that to me is what it's all about. And, you know, I look now at, you know, where I've gone since leaving corporate and Quite honestly, it's it's not just Steve who's helped me. It's my network. It's my community. It's it's people I've worked with over the years who, you know, said, Simon, you started a new company. Let's set up time. I want to talk. I, you know, how can I help you? What business can I give to you? Um, because I've always taken that approach. What can I do to help others first? And I love the fact that they came back. And that's kind of the way we've even built the talent company. And what we call it our, our ecosystem in terms of leading with a give, you know, working with people who might, you know, they might have recently lost their job and what can we do to help them? And it's not about, we're not charging you, we're doing so much pro bono, but we always want them to remember, hey, the talent company, Simon, Greg, everybody on the team was there for me at the lowest part of my career. Um, and that's our approach in business. Wow. Oh, that's that's uh, that's amazing, and I and and you know to totally uh, I sense that in the organization. I want to dive into a little bit about how do you take that essence, that belief, and you've already touched on a couple of those things into the organization. But I just want to what what um, what's where did that come from? I mean, yes, experiences help shape us. We learn from different people, but what what for you? kind of is the heart drive of this essence of giving, of supporting, of that type of thing. Where, where does that come from? Where were your early, early safe, brave models or something <laughs> you kind of discovered, I can do this? Well, it, it, there's two things. You know, you come across 
vendors you worked with and and you kind of think hey if they can be successful there's no reason why i can't so you know there's that side um and then it's always reminding yourself if it was easy anybody could do it so um you know for me i've never been a natural salesperson you know sales scares the heck out of me it's it's not only that you know again being the introvert you know, that initial conversation, oh my gosh, I'm going to live and die with their, hey, yes, I'll use you or no, I'm not. Um, and, you know, for me, it's okay. You know, I think back to my corporate days and how many vendor calls I was getting, you know, when I was the head of TA, like I'd probably get 20, 25 calls a day from search firms. And I always laugh because if I ever picked up, my first question was, well, what's your differentiator? And all 35 would say the exact same differentiator, our people and our process. And I'm like, well, they can't be a differentiator if you're all saying it. Um, so, you know, you start going, okay, if I'm going to do this, how are you, how are you going to do this right? So you actually, you know, can make a mark in, in the market. Um, and again, not being a true salesperson, to me, the opportunity to, I love the term lead with a gift, because you know, if you start off a relationship being the one giving, that person's going to be more responsive. And, and, you know, everything we do is, is centered around that, whether it's, you know, uh, our executives in transition, any, but any executive who's in transition, we hold networking groups for. It's all pro bono. It's all for free. Any HR person who's in transition, we'll help them, we'll coach them, we'll do whatever we can. Because we also recognize that they're gonna land and we want them to remember it was us to help them along the way. You know, we do, I think now it's been eight years and my daughter's 20 now. When she was 12, she started putting together a list every weekend of every HR job on every job board, LinkedIn, everywhere. And we've been sending that list out every Monday um, and I think right now, over 4,000 people get it of HR jobs open in Toronto. And it's all about helping that HR community. So it's, you know, it's, it's funny when you really think of the, and it's all a lead with a give. Um, you know, our top of mind events, you know, we run every month and we have great speakers. And again, it's funny, pre-COVID, we would, we would host them in our offices and we'd have 30 or 40, you know, HR people come to our conference room and sit in. COVID hits, now we're averaging five to 600 every month um, sitting in on these calls. So it's, it's, it's a very interesting side. And, you know, people still ask, why don't you charge for this? Well, this is what we're doing to contribute back to our organization, to, to our community. You know, we run a CHRO forum um, in Toronto. And, you know, we're fortunate because we partner with the Institute for Corporate Productivity and they, they, they put together all the speakers and everything. And every quarter, you know, we have 80 to 100 CHROs attend these sessions. Um, and a lot of them are saying, hey, I, I've been paying $30,000, $40,000 to other companies so I could do this what's the catch? It's like, there's no catch. We're just, we're just happy to do this. We want to be, we want you to get to know us this way versus Simon picking up the phone and cold calling you and you never returning my call. So yeah. it's really an opportunity for people to get to know us and our team because 
to me, that's our differentiator. Again, it's, it's exactly what all those search firms are telling me, our people in our process. But, you know, I love our team. Like, you know, I, I, Greg, I know you've worked with Leanne and a few others. And the, the warmth, the caring, the expertise they have. And when I think back to when Steve and I were kind of building, okay, what are, what are the things that we want the talent company to stand for? And it was being authentic and likable because, you know, I talked to so many people, HR people over the years and they don't enjoy the vendors they're working with. So it's not only doing quality work and, you know, that gold standard of service delivery, but, you know, my, my, my colleague Greg calls it, just don't be an asshole. Just be nice. Um, you know, People want to work with people they like, and that's what it should be. It sounds simple, but, you know. Oh, I, love, I love that. I love that being authentic and likable, such a simple core essence. And I'd love to talk about, you know, is, uh, you, you said you're at 100 staff, uh, uh, like a, over 100 staff now, which is like amazing. What, what great growth. And, and I'd love to maybe share some with our listeners. What are some of the things that you're doing to hold on to that safe, brave space, like what, like what, what, what are the programs or the or the the essence within your team? Because part of that ability to to all be kind of singing from the same song sheet, um, to feel safe, but also brave to bring new ideas forward. What are the one or two things that you feel particularly proud about that you're you've you've put into or created a space for it to, to evolve within the talent company that help help do that? I, you know, one of the big things, quite honestly, is transparency. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's being authentic. It's, it's, hey, this is, this is where we are as an organization. This is what we need from you. We're still, we're, we're that many individuals, but we're still very entrepreneurial. So, it, you know, I want people who want to come in and challenge the way of thinking. Um, you know, we, we have, we work across five different pillars of business. You know, I can't be, I need experts in all those areas. It can't be Simon going to the market saying, oh, I'm a comp, I'm expert today. And, you know, tomorrow I'm a coaching expert. No, I want to have the best of the best on the team. And I want them to say, Hey, what about this? What about this? And I love saying, you know, I call it anti-corporate, um, because, it's up to us to figure it out. And there's nobody here that's gonna say no. Uh, in fact, you come to me with an idea, I'm probably gonna say, great, it, now it's on you. Let's, let's work this through. You know, careful what you ask for, but you come to me with an idea, hey, let's try it. Because we're not gonna be successful in everything we try, but if we don't try, we're not gonna know if it's successful. So, um, that's what I love. I want to challenge my team to continue to come up with new and better ways of, of thinking, of doing what we're doing. You know, I love, Career Transition is a great example. The industry is moving and has moved over the years to more of an online service model. So you get terminated, um, you know, here's your, here's your package, here's your folder with your login and password, and basically you're to interact with a system that's gonna help you secure your next job. I don't agree with that. I, I think that's terrible. I, to me, career transition, people going through that experience need coaching. They need somebody to hold their hand, definitely at the beginning because 
they're probably still in shock. I just think of, you know, people we support who've been with one organization for 30 plus years and they find out they've lost their job. The, the first thing they do isn't, oh my God, I got to find another job. It's what just happened. So just having an individual to work with, to talk to, to guide them um, is so critical. And that's, again, we're, we're not making as much money as the other career transition providers because we don't, we have the technology, but we rely on coaching to be the driver. Technology is just there to support it. Um, yeah, there's, yeah I, there's a great, uh, I, I was in a session the other day and someone said that the, the two most important things going forward are going to be increased AI and deepening relationships. And you need them both. So yes, AI and technology is fantastic. And we need to help people get up to speed and connected and leveraging and that type of thing. But that on its own, it's almost, again, that balance, right? So we kind of a safe, brave uh, balance, but it's the same with AI and also deep relationship is going to be going to be critical. So, so how does that, how does that, uh, what are the things that you, it, it sounds like you have a fairly open space you uh, it, uh, would you say you give clear kind of ownership for people in those streams, but then there seems to be this dialogue. You said something, and I should have wrote it down, but it's now on you. Now let's work it through. I love that because it's you have the ownership, but I'm here to support you and work through it as a team. But are there are there ways in which you really have put in place that help that, or is it fairly fluid? It, it, it's fairly fluid. And again, we've doubled in size in the last year. So, you know, that's one of my concerns is growing too big um, mm -hmm. because you can lose that, that secret sauce, that piece of the culture um, if, by growing that way. So now it's not just Simon working with the team. It's we've got a team of leaders. It's our practice leaders now have teams. So it's trying to make sure you know, we're all doing it the right way. Um, and that's a challenge, you know, pre-COVID, I love, uh, you know, we have three offices in the GTA and each one of our offices has a long table kind of out in the center of the space. And my favorite time of the day is sitting down and having lunch with the team. And, you know, that's the thing I miss most once COVID hit. Um, you know, we would sit there for an hour and just laugh and talk and just share ideas. And it wasn't all about work. It wasn't all about not work. It was just people who, you know, when people ask, you know, what's the big, what are the factors that, you know, common traits that your team has? And I mentioned it's a good heart, but don't take yourself too serious. If, if, you can't laugh at yourself, you're probably not gonna fit in well because I want I want my team to laugh at me and laugh with me and make make fun of me as much as they can. Um, because that's what this is, you know, it's it's a community. And I say to them, you know, I'm 51 now. Um, somebody asked me last week, is the talent company for sale? And I'm like, no, because I don't know what I would do then. I need this sense of community. I need, I need these people around me. You know, I've got another, what, 10, 15, 20 years, God willing, to do this. I don't know what else I would do. Um, so, you know, that sense of community and, again, that, that transparency. You know, we've been trying to figure out through COVID, how do we keep that 
culture going that we had in our offices where everybody was together and you know we've tried everything and you know we're doing kind of um you know fireside chats on monthly town halls and just soliciting questions and you know i always have to remind everybody don't wait for the town hall pick up the phone and call me <laughs> like you know like it doesn't need to be formal i'm not a formal guy um you don't even have to book time on my calendar. If you see I'm in the Markham or the Mississauga office, just come by. Um, you know, that's the thing. And that, to me, that's going to be the struggle, continued struggle for our journey because we've grown so, so quickly and so big that we're trying to preserve that. Um, and again, give individuals that, that space they need, empower them um, to try and you know, discover new ways of doing things, look for efficiencies, look for effectiveness. You know, I want people to come to me saying, hey, what about this as a business? What about this as a business? Hey, let's talk about it. Um, so to me, it's all about empowerment, engagement. Um, you know, nobody should be sitting there. And, you know, I still remember COVID hits. Everybody's like, hey, we see all, all your clients have now put everything on hold. When are we going to, you know, be lose our jobs and you know i stood up online and said listen nobody's losing their jobs every we're moving forward as a as an organization now of course i didn't sleep for three weeks worried about how yeah. i was going to deliver that but you know i love the fact that we persevered and everybody pitched in to enable us to be successful um and that's it and you know i again i, I was saying it today to one of my colleagues you know this isn't about you have to be at the town company. You know, people are going to come and go. And I want people to raise their hand saying, you know what, I think I'm ready for a new challenge and it's not going to be with the town company. And I'm going to say, how can we help you achieve that? Um, because we can't be selfish enough to know we're going to have this talent for, you know, the rest of our existence. So, you know, to me, again, it's treating people the way you want to be treated. And, you know, the leadership lessons that I've learned over the years, you know, growing up at Accenture, you know, it was all Stephen Covey principles. Um, mm -hmm. And the one that resonated with me the most was that inside out, you know, any challenges, anything that happens, you got to look within first. Um, that was terrific. At American Express, there was a lot on situational leadership. So, you know, everybody's different and every situation is different. And you need to address it in different ways. So, you know, there's so many principles that you learn over the years and you kind of pick the best of the best. Um, so that's the way I've been trying to build this and kind of continue to stay with our values. And again, have our team say, hey, what, what's this? That doesn't align to what you were telling us. And it's like, yeah, you're right. Thank you for pointing that out. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, it is it is so challenging to find ways in this new hybrid environment and trying to figure out how to keep that connection. So the combination of double doubling in size and wanting to hold on to that, uh, you know, it's interesting. A lot of the work that I'm doing is is around uh, helping leaders create the space uh, to be the coaches, to be the leaders. Uh, so many uh, leaders over the last uh, few years have found themselves down in the details. And that's exactly where we don't need them to be. We need them to be up 
to be coaches, to be uh, available, to be connectors, to be encouragers, to create that safe race space. And it is a bit of a journey. Um, is there anything that you've seen uh, working with different organizations that have been or read that have particularly inspired you that you're thinking, man, you know, I just read this and this organization is doing some really sweet stuff around this idea of safe, brave space, creating that really open space that you're trying to do. Is there anyone that you've seen or recently that jumps out? No, I'm trying to think. Um, top of my head, no, it's, I mean, I probably learned more from the organizations I see doing it the wrong way, mm. um, which to me, you know, again, I probably learned more from the poor leaders who, I worked for than the great leaders I worked for um, because then you start to see the gaps more, um, but you start to question it. And, you know, for me, again, even post COVID, and it's funny, the number one question I still get, even though for two years I've been telling our team, nobody has to come back to the office unless they want to. Um, every month, that's a new question. Um, they're like, oh, it, I know you've kept saying it, but is that going to change? And it's, you know, it's funny because you see so many organizations out there driving everybody, okay, in a week, you have to be back in the office. And, I, you know, the way I look at it with my team is we've had, we've had a lot of success over COVID and all of you have worked from home. So you're entitled to make that call, you know, if you want to be in the office or not. Flexibility is everything. All, all I ever told my team is, we're not nine to five. You know, I need a strong 40. Give me, give me a great 40 hours a week. I don't care if it's Sunday night at midnight or, you know, Wednesday at noon, you do what you need to support your family, you know, the flexibility you need and that's it. You know, everybody's different circumstances. You know, I think of all the, um, the parents we have on the team with young kids who were at home and, and, you know, doing schooling. And you could see the stress on their face and they, they would apologize. And it's like, it's okay. You do what you need to support your family. Um, we will get, we will figure this out. You have a whole team behind you. So, you know, those things that you see what other organizations are do where you kind of go, yeah, you know, you kind of have, I've learned from the other way, you know, okay, this is probably the best way to do it. Um, so it's, it's interesting. For me, yeah. it's fun. I learn more probably from the worst of the world than I do the best. I agree. I agree. I heard one recently where there is the CEO based out of, uh, for a Canadian-based company, CEO based out of Texas, declared everyone had to be back in the office, and yet he lived in Texas. And and like, like what, what are you thinking? You know, what are you thinking versus the complexity of the situation? Because I do think there needs to be boundaries or kind of guidelines to say, you know, here are the things that are our intentions as a company. One is to deliver good results, in your case, to be authentic and likable, and also to where it's needed as a team to come together and connect. So go, go, go away as a small team and figure out how best you can do that in the way that best works, that delivers the organizational objectives, the team objectives, and your personal objectives. Figure it out. We're, you're adults, and the companies yep. that are doing that, uh, laying out the principles... And then giving space for people to decide and to bring the best solutions forward are finding the best ways forward. 
Um, yeah, so that's great. And I love you. You know, I asked you some of the examples that you, you gave. You said, oh, yeah, we're pretty loose. But even some of the things that you talked about, like acknowledging parents at home struggling and saying, give me 40 hours, how you get it done, results-based leadership versus is a way of creating safe race spaces because that allows me the ownership and then shared commitment to doing it forward. Love that. That's uh, yeah. No, well, you know, it's funny. We had a town hall last week and somebody asked the question, would we ever move to having a day with no meetings? And I said, it's actually tough because we're so flexible now that everybody kind of has different schedules. So for me to say, okay, Mondays, no meeting Mondays, that's not going to work for everybody because everybody has adapted the way they worked and their schedule um, to fit that, you know, what, what works with them, what what they need to do to get the job done. So, you know, I'm like, I'm fine personally, if you say that, um, but you also have to be realistic about, you know, applying it across the board that it's, it's easier said than done. You know, it's, and, and it's interesting where, you know, the discussions continue about the four day work week, um, you know, and it's becoming an election issue. And hey, if you can get everything you, you need to do in four days, godspeed because that's but it's got to follow the quality it's got to it's got to hit and you know bottom line is if you have a client who needs something and it's that day you're not in okay how are we going to make sure they're getting the attention they need yeah and it's giving it back to them to say figure out the solutions right because in in my book safe Ray space i said it starts within me it accelerates between you and me and my relationships and it and it flourishes when an organization is living that way but sometimes if if like to that no meetings if I, who are the people that i work with and what are their needs what are my needs and let's figure it out uh, you have to have those conversations but equipping and and um, expecting you guys work, you folks work it out uh, and then come with a solution. Yep. That is so freeing. And, it, and then it frees your time. So you're not having to make all these decisions as a leader because people are making the decisions and you're creating basically the space for people to bring their best self forward and the best ideas and collectively make good decisions. Yeah, and that, that to me is it. It's just, it's just trying to get people's best and you know what you're not going to get their best 40 hours a week you know you're it's not you have to be realistic so what can we do to get the best out of you for as much as we can um because i'm a prime example again i always say it i'm an introvert so you know even things like this i my anxiety all day leading up to this is like oh my gosh once i'm doing it i love it but the anxiety is there I also am our CFO. I love, I do all our books. I do all the bookkeeping. I do everything. But that's actually my time to not deal with people because I get to sit in, you know, the accounting system and, and do all this. So not only do I, I use that time to kind of disconnect, it also allows me to see the bottom line, money coming in, money going out. Where are we as an organization? So, you know, it's funny. You really have to, to customize your approach as an individual um, based on who you are. And I'm a big believer, you leverage your strengths. You know, what always drove me crazy in corporate was, you know, the annual review process where, okay, here's what I did well, but I'm gonna, we're gonna focus more on the three things you need to develop. And, you know, to me, it's like, no, I wanna focus on the three things you do really well. 
And I want to enable you to do those three things even better. And then let's hire somebody else to do the things you don't do well and you don't want to do, um, who is actually good at doing those. So yeah, who loves that? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's funny. You, you, you tie it all together and, you know, I mean, it's easier said than done. I mean, I tell the team, Hey, we will never be perfect. So don't, you, you can strive for perfection, but we'll never be there. We just have to acknowledge the fact that, Hey, we're, we're going to, we're going to fail on some things and then we need to figure it out, re-equip, restart and, and go at it a different way. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, the last question we were going to ask, but we, I think we've already covered it, is really uh, that last piece of uh, Safe Brave Spaces. Organizations that live this then start to kind of ripple out to support their communities. And boy, uh, Ola, Ola had a great start conversation of, of some of the charities that you're supporting and, and even some of the clients you're supporting. So I don't know about you, Ola, but I think that, that, that the examples that Simon, you've already shared of, about that, that giving first, that aspect of, of just um, you know, having that abundance mindset of how do I support others it, it, it comes around and uh, I, I see tons of those examples. So maybe we should, I think we're, we're, we're getting close to the end of the conversation. I'm gonna turn it over to Ola to uh, bring us home and maybe help us, uh, help us bring the conversation. I think we could, this could be one of those ones, Ola, that we do two uh, podcasts because there's so much great dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. I agree totally that, you know, it's, it's been such an amazing conversation conversation that i was just like deep neck deep into listening to you simon because it was hair raising for me and you know what i found out greg i don't know if you agree with this that every guest we've had we've had on this podcast they have the kind the same kind of values the the lingo franca might be different the language might be different we use safe brave spaces but all everything inside it, what everybody's saying is about the heart. I was taking notes, uh, talking about vulnerability. Simon, you know, talked about vulnerability. He talked about being being authentic. Uh, he mentioned transparency. Some of the people talk say it's uh, vulnerability, and it shows up in how you see you sit down in the lunchroom with some of your staff members and you open up to them. Uh, some of them come with things like, oh, all those accountable, like, this is not what you said. And, and you know, you used one word to summarize it all and called it anti-corporate. That's just what it is. Some of the things that th those of you, some of the guys we've had on the show, you also, is anti-corporate, you know. You, you talked about your deliberate. You know, imagine the future of work, what you're already doing. Uh, okay, what you do what you got to do to support your family, but do your best. And in that also, Greg, you remember, we, we've also talked about balance. The fact that someone says, okay, what about we have no meeting week? We're already working at home anyway. So the balance to some of these things are also there. It's, it's just been amazing uh, conversation. And I'm so happy uh, you, you're here to, to have this conversation with us. And um, Greg, as we wind down, I don't know if you have any last thoughts before we throw you to Simon? Yeah, no, the only thing I would say is that, you know, there's, I recently read a great uh, report, I think it was by Mercer, that talked about the rise of relatability. Uh, and, and it's all about relationship. 
It's all about trust. It's all about connecting. And there's a great quote by, uh, I think it's Roosevelt that said, before people will care to know, they have to know you care. Um, and, and so the heart-based leadership that you've described that, and I've heard people that have worked for you and, and, and I've seen it in, in working in partnership with you on some different things is that, that heart-based that I love the authenticity and likability. And to your point, all those words that really just are about, it is about the anti-corporate of what we think. It's about relationship. It's about caring. It's about giving first and being a, a being a abundance thinking. And uh, I just really uh, value uh, your journey. Uh, I also value your openness. That says I said this and then I freaked out. I didn't sleep for three days. You know okay. that I'm I'm journeying about this. I think the more we can as leaders can be open about ah I. You know, I talked to a leader the other day about, about using words, uh, sharing your emotions, you know, being more vulnerable, saying, I'm feeling crunchy. I'm feeling off today. I'm exhausted. I'm an introvert and I just need time to recover and, and ca catch up that. And that is so real and people want real. So uh, I, yeah. uh, I so appreciate uh, your examples, your ideas, and also your impact on the world through all the, the great work you're doing through the organization. And we usually give it to um, some the, the guests to say, you know, what are the kind of final thoughts, big thoughts that you would uh, want to share uh, around either the concept of safe race spaces or just from our dialogue? Well, and, and it, it's funny, as, as you were speaking, I thought back to when I was with American Express and I was down in global meetings in Buenos Aires, Argentina with all the business heads, global business heads of Amex. And I probably didn't sleep for a week before I was so nervous that I was actually going to be a part of it. And all I remember is the meetings were done and all of us are sitting in the, uh, the airport lounge together. And all I heard from all these executives were, oh my gosh, I got to get home. I have to take my daughter to ballet. Oh my gosh. Like, that's when I realized we, we're all the same. Like, you know, they were sharing their vulnerability then. So wow. that actually made me realize, you know what, I should probably make sure I show that vulnerability in my life to everybody around me more often, because that's going to make them feel more comfortable. Um, you know, you just, you put people on a pedestal um, for some, some reason. And, you know, as you get to know them better, you realize, you know what, they're just like you and me. I agree. I agree. That's a great way. How do we just be real? And, and that for me creates the safe space because if you, if they see you real, then it's going to be safe. Then they'll be more open for when you say, Hey, you know what? Maybe you should just kind of nudge, try this a little bit. Yeah. It's it, but it starts with that, that how you show up. And uh, I think um, uh, that's a, that's a really powerful, uh, powerful way to end. Great. All right. Yeah. Absolutely powerful way to end. I, I just want to mention, you know, to you, Simon, that I'm also an introvert like you. And Greg knows it that I was one thing can make my anxiety go mm -hmm. out of the roof. Like I'm thinking about it, I'm I'm ruminating, I'm overthinking, and all of that. But you know, one of the ways in which community has helped helped me so far is you know, Greg coaching me through, despite all those fears, I can take my heart to work. 
I don't get into the politics of work and I'm able to be bold and brave to still say, yeah, I'm taking my art to work. I'm going to be open about it. I make a mistake. I'm like, yeah, I made a mistake and I'll make more just so you know, just so, just so you prepare for it. Like I'll make more mistakes. This is how I work. Okay. I might not get it today, but when I get it, I become a genius. And, and, and th that's some of the things I've learned, you know, just to be brave in workplaces, despite the fact that I'm anti-corporate, I take my art to work. I'm not there with my head. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah. Simon, as we close, just uh, how do people get in touch if people want to come and join your fast-growing team uh, <laughs> or or uh, or just want to find out more? What's the best way yeah. for people to reach? Honestly, find, connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a message. Um, you know, I'm an open networker. And again, it's all about how I can help first. So, yeah, um, you know, happy to connect with, uh, with anybody and, um, you know, we'll go from there. That's great. That's great. Well, thanks so much. Then uh, um, we hope that the stories we share today have been helpful and encouraging as you consider ways to enable safe, brave spaces within yourself and others. If the idea of safe, brave spaces resonates, uh, feel free to join the conversation, hear other stories, and access resources to support your personal journey at www.safebravespaces.com or listen to other of our podcasts on all the platforms uh, out there as well, the other Safe Brave stories to get other, other amazing ideas. Uh, thanks for joining us, Simon. It's been special. We really appreciated it and uh, love the conversation. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Simon.